it's a challenge on the day in and day out because of how fast we are growing. And anytime you're in a manager's role, man, you're going to be dealing with a plethora of different types of personalities. And I love that just because of the fact that I, I used to catch when I was playing baseball, I was a catcher and it was another blessing in that sport because I've always had to learn how to handle different personalities throughout life because I'm, I'm handling so many different types of pitchers and that comes with a whole bunch of different types of personalities as well. And when you're managing, you got to be able to find your happy mediums, do your yangs and pick your battles where you can. Welcome to the Millennials and Money Podcast, the podcast dedicated to encourage millennials to continue to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and wealth advisor, Payne Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. So let's get started. Hey, what's going on, guys? Today, I got a very special guest. His name is Michael Thompson. Now, Michael, say hello, Michael. What's happening? Yeah, so Michael, I'm going to allow you in a second here a chance to introduce yourself, but first let me share, share how you and I met. So Michael, we've only known each other for about three weeks now. <laughs> we yes, met, sir. Yes, we, sir. We met at, uh, at a good friend of mine and a previous guest on the show, Kareem Hardhitter Mayfield. We met at the grand opening of his, uh, of his dispensary, 415 Authentic. And, you know, I yes, was sir. there. I was there for the soft opening. You know, there's a lot of local people, some people who I knew growing up, and then you were there kind of running around, and you could tell you were a man on a mission, man. And I was like, man, this guy's doing, this guy's got a real objective here. So I hollered, yes, at, you, I hollered at you for a bit and said, hey, man, what's your role here? And you said, hey, I'm the guy that makes it happen. And you shared a little bit about what you do with me, and I was like, man, I got to have this guy on the show. And you said you'd be happy to be on. That's about as far back as you and I go. So let's get started with you, man. Share with the guest. And share a little more with me about what it is you do, some of the things that motivates you and how you got and who you are. Well, definitely, man. Well, I mean, pretty much just a good upbringing. I grew up in the Bay Area, grew up in the uh, East Bay, Walnut Creek, and then uh, was living in the Tri-Valley in Livermore. And <clears throat> my journey's kind of been all over the place in this whole entire country. I... Uh, Definitely started up in the Bay, moved down to my father's house down in the L.A. region, went to high school down there. After that, got my college opportunity, had some trial and tribulations in my first year of college. My mom got diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Sorry. And uh, it's all good, man. It's just part of the journey, man. You know, life happens and, you know, God willing, it all works out, which it did. She beat it two years into it. Amen. And that, exactly, man. All is all is well. And that took two years. So I got back into college right around uh, 2012. And I was 22 at the time, still in Jayco, still pursuing my baseball passion because that's literally what I've been doing all the way up until I was 26, which was four years ago. Um, baseball has always been my love. It's always been my passion. It's always made something bright in my life. It's uh, I've always talked about, you know, quality of life is the biggest aspirations in everything that we share on this planet, which is the most common denominator, which is life. That's something that every single human being shares. And it's definitely important that we always pursue something that we love on the day in and day out, because no longer are we working. We're just living life. Hey, you and, said it, Michael Thompson, you said it. So, yeah, and that's, go ahead. Before we go, because we're going to get there, we're going to get into who you are, what drives you, we're going to get there in a bit. But uh, share a bit about what is you do. Well, as of uh, almost a year ago now, I'm in a company called Shrine Group. And we run all the Stizzy stores, all the authentic stores. And we are now the number one cannabis company with all the most retail locations here in California. So that's been quite the journey in the past year, being able to start from the bottom here, work my way to where I'm at right now, which is currently in charge of retail operations, all of the grand opening for all of our stores from here on out, and making sure that all the retail locations from here on out are supplied by me too. So it's, it's a fun process. It's something that I definitely enjoy doing. I love the whole entire state of California. I mean, obviously, I've grown up up there. I've grown up down here. So being able to travel up and down the state and knowing every single location of the cities that we are planted in, it's it's just full circle, man. It's a, it's such a it's such a blessing in disguise with everything that's been happening this past year. And just now finding a new passion and obviously 
an amazing, amazing company to be a part of and to grow with. And it's just, it's limitless, man. But everything that we're doing is limitless because the market is just so, so ginormous. The community is amazing. The culture is amazing. Um, I mean, it's like how we met, man. I mean, it's, it wouldn't have even been possible if I'm not doing what I'm doing, you know? So worlds collide in the whole entire process as well. And it's, it's an amazing journey, man. I love, I'm loving it. Hey, no, that's awesome, man. I'm glad to hear you love what you're doing, man. It's awesome to be just to meet a young man like yourself. You're young, young guy, what, 30 years old? I'm 30. I'm 30. Yeah, yeah young 30 year old guy who's in the industry on the, on the ground level, you know, an industry that's just, just, you know, just peaking its head up and we know it's going to be booming. And, Absolutely. So, you know, this, this podcast is all about millennials and their money story. And you kind of touched on this a bit, but I find, you know, people's overall mindset around money, it gets scoped from a young age. You know, the, the, it can always change, of course, but those, those cornerstones, that foundation gets put in place when they're young. So let's go back to when you were young. I know you mentioned you live with your dad. You might, I don't know if you live with both your mom and your dad, if it switched back and forth. But let's talk about what money was like in your household growing up. When you were a kid. Well, it's uh, my parents. My parents divorced when I was four. Uh, they still always stay close, even with their separation, which was, you know, definitely another blessing. It's not usually a common story that you hear when something like that happens. So, obviously, it was a tough transition. I was four, like I said, and you know, lived with my mom all the way up until I was fifteen. Uh, money situation was always, you know, we we're making it. We've always just been making it. And once, you know, I finally grew up a little bit and I saw how, you know, the hunger and the drive in both of my parents and both different types of avenues were definitely driven to make sure that they were no longer going to be able to provide this style of living for their family. And being able to see them grow as entrepreneurs and become small business owners themselves and to be able to provide for their families and now both of them very successful realtor brokers and being able to provide a life for my mom for both of her kids my father all four of his kids and to truly teach us too how you know you got to stay humble in the whole entire journey you know it's that's the biggest thing as you start getting bigger and you start growing you always go back to your roots and understand like hey this we didn't always have this and you got to really cherish it and you got to really appreciate your journey as well. And with that being said, I mean, we may, we, we do well for ourselves, you know, and you know, it's a, it's definitely a blessing because it wasn't always like that for us. There was times that it was tough, but you know, God willing, it all worked out. We just stayed on course, kept moving forward, never looked backwards, which is definitely a very, very important trait in all of this because it's easy to let any past negative circumstances that have derailed you guys financially to over, to just absolutely just diminish us. And it's important that you just keep making risks because there is success in risk. And you got to always be willing to make a risk to have some sort of success. I mean, that's, that's what life's all about. We're going to, we're going to fail just as, probably more times than we succeed. And that's what really defines us as a family too, because anytime we got hit with adversity, we were able to switch that right around and turn it into a positive flourish from that. that and that's the best huge. part. The, the, oh that, yeah. And that, that's huge right there. Go ahead and share with the best parties and I'll touch on it in a second. Well, the best, the best part about it is, is that, you know, we're all experiencing the journey together and we're willing to learn from one another and to flourish from it. And it's never like we ever, as a family took it as a loss. We always made sure that we turned it in to a learning curve. You know, we're never losing. We're always learning in that aspect. And then when we're not learning, you know, obviously we probably won that situation and you still learn from that, you know? No, that's awesome, man. And, you know, it's, it's really awesome that you were able to grow up with two entrepreneurs, you know, two entrepreneurs in the household. There's so much to learn from that. You mentioned it, you did, it wasn't always good. And that's how it is for entrepreneurs. You know, there's got to be that starting point. You know, I, totally. I, I always talk about hockey stick growth. And many times people don't realize how long that flat part of that hockey stick is. Because you stay flat and your family's along that journey with you. But, you know, they were, 
um, the things that they plan in you, the, the, you saw them go go from essentially nothing to something. And you saw, and you learned that you learned to get by in the hard times and outlast these hard times for the for the end goal. It sounded like you. And how has that kind of impacted you as you became an adult yourself? How have you took those aspects that you learned in your household and use them in your life today? Well, it's uh, definitely the four principles that we grew up from a very, very, very strong family oriented base. And the four core, core principles on top of all of our excess, and we apply this every single day in daily living from here on out. You know, all my brothers, all my sisters do that as well. And it's the four pillars is what we like to call under the Thompson household. And the first one's honesty. And, you know, you got to have honesty with yourself before you could have anything because if you can't be honest with yourself, how can you be honest with others? It's not possible. And then after that, it's definitely character character is what defines us as human beings on this planet and you got to be honest in order to have character after that is responsibility responsibility comes with every single human we have a choice every single day to be responsible and to crush every day like it's our last and it takes character to do so it takes honesty to do so and the most important pillar of all is courage you got to have courage to do all four you apply that with a great attitude every single day and apply maximum effort every single day and then your time management is all under wrap man and you'll definitely have a recipe for success i guarantee if you follow that you're going to have success in your life you just got to stay on and stay disciplined man share those pillars one more time hit them all one more time honesty character responsibility and courage honesty character responsibility and courage and you can sum it up right right there man and you call that the Thompson family pillars. I like that a lot. You know, of course, your your, your parents to put to instill those in you guys at such a young age. It's something that you guys carried carried with you all the way to adulthood. That's huge. You know, it gives you so much power to impact the world and to have that, especially that courage to, to when you get those things instilled at you in a young age. You know, they last, and that's where those pillars totally. you put in place. So. Shout out to your parents, man. They did an awesome job raising four, or raising several kids. Yeah, thank you, Peyton. I know so, they appreciate that. So, you know, like I mentioned before, guys, I'm I'm just getting to know Michael as you guys are too. And you touched on something at, at your intro that you played uh, baseball up to the point you were 26. So, you, yeah. you know, I met Kareem. You know, I know Kareem from the boxing world. I boxed up when I was about 26 as well. And there's something about an athlete, man, that gives us that drive. So let's talk about... Let's talk about your baseball career, when it stopped, when you knew it was time to pursue something else, and what that tr- issue, what that transition was like for you. And let's talk about some of the things you learned in baseball and how that you've used them to motivate yourself today. Well, totally, and that was that was one thing that Kareem and I definitely, you know, saw eye to eye on with just competition and you know just being a competitor on the day in and day out until, you know, obviously the dream is no longer in a realistic day in and day life aspect because i mean we're all told at some point man we're we're no longer be able to enjoy the game or you know enjoy any sport for the rest of our lives just because the body will tell you when it stops and you know that's how it was for me i played all the way up until i was 26 i had my opportunity with a couple of big league clubs played some ball out in sioux city iowa some indie ball out there and when i came back home back in 2016 had a full cat scan mri and x-ray after some of my opportunities found out that I had no more cartilage behind my right kneecap, had a torn labrum in my left shoulder. And, you know, it was a, it was a tough decision for me to make because I was 26 at the time. And of course, you know, in athlete years, especially baseball years, you're, you're pretty old at that aspect, man. I mean, there's a lot of prospects come up and coming that have been on the radar since they were 15 all the way up until they were 18 and then them getting their opportunities. And the best part about that is man, with the whole entire journey of sports is that, knowing there's always someone out there that is bigger, better, faster, stronger than you. But what the sport has always taught me is that I'm never going to have someone outwork me. My work ethic is always going to be better than anyone else on this planet. I don't care. I don't care if I'm blue in the face. I don't care if I have minimal sleep. I'm always going to make sure that 
I'm going to be the one putting in the most work on a day in and day out basis. And I've definitely been able to transition that into my workforce. I've been able to transition that in my daily living in every single aspect when it comes to health, when it comes to, you know, quality of life, like I've said, that all correlates straight into it. So it was a blessing all the way up until that, man. It was, uh, it was definitely a tough transition too. not having that sport, not being an athlete on the day in and day out, being able to find my footing being able to get into a career still that, you know, kept me into baseball, which it ended all almost a year ago with my coaching and my, you know, high school prep Academy, all my clients for my private lessons and all the rest. I mean, COVID just completely derailed that whole entire business for at least in our state of California, just because there's just too many cons than the pros. I mean, when you got a virus like this, you just got to always worry about health and safety. That's always top priority, no matter what. Yeah, but, I so mean, baseball, baseball, baseball always had and always will still have a special place in my heart. Cause it's just, it's, it's helped me become the man that I am today. And that's huge. You know, I took so much from boxing. The reason why, I credit so much of my success and what I do as a wealth advisor, even though it doesn't sound correlated at all to what I experienced as boxing and what I developed in boxing. Some things I learned from boxing that I didn't do in boxing. Like for mm -hmm. me, I'm one of those guys who has natural talent because I had natural talent. My talent, my talent took me really far, but at one point everyone's talented. You get to a point where everybody's talented and then you got to have that. Work Absolutely. Ethic. And for me, I absolutely, I, for me, I didn't have the work ethic. That was my thing. It was like, I didn't want, because I was so naturally talented, I didn't want to work hard and say, man, I gave it everything I had and it wasn't enough. So I'd always look for it. I would always want to leave it all out there in the ring. And I regret it so much now as an adult, as a, as a man now. I retired at 26 as well. And mm -hmm. I regret it so much. And I've used that to say, listen, in everything I do, I'm leaving it all out there. And so much, like... You, I regret so much not leaving it all out there. And then I learned that in everything I do now, I'm gonna leave it all out there. I'm giving my all, no excuses. As long as I've done all I can do, I can't complain. And yeah. that's what I learned from boxing. So let's talk about that time. I retired at 26 too, and that was a tough time for me. It was something that I've been doing since I was a kid, all the way to adulthood and now it's just over. And I remember getting up, um, getting up for that last match after it was over. And I remember God telling me, I felt God tell me, he said, wave goodbye to the audience. And like, this is it. And I remember standing up, I'm getting chills off since I remember standing up and just waving goodbye, hearing everyone cheer for the last time. I remember standing on the roof, on the roof of the parking garage on the way home with my dad and just saying that this is it, you know, this journey's over, we did it together. But it was a tough time for me, man. It's a really tough time for me. What was that like for you? Oh man, it's it's very tough, man. I mean, I I know when I got the news about my injuries, and I cried like a little baby right in front of my doctor. You just can't help it, you know. When you get hysterical and you really have passion, you really have love and devotion towards your career, man. It's it's real, you know. And for a lot of people, it's it's tough to face that verse and you know really be able to be what what's next. You know, because that's what it really comes down to for all of us competitors. I mean, we've all, we're always looking for that next level up. We're always looking for that next level of achievement because we ultimately know that self-satisfaction makes us feel whole, you know? So it's it was definitely a, a big transition for me because it's, it's what really drove me, you know? I mean, performing in front of others and seeing the excitement that it not only gave myself, but to see everyone else, man. I mean, it's something special. So what was next for you? Well, I mean, it's, it was trying to build my small business, which I was very successful at. It took me about four years to finally get, you know, a big following for my baseball coaching. And it was awesome, dude. It was awesome to see me from going back to my roots, from my alma mater at San Marino, from coaching there to gradually getting to the college level and coaching in the Jayhawk League out in Kansas with recruiting my own entire college roster from D1 athletes all the way to NAIA D1 athletes. And the journey has been nonstop, man. It's been something dope. So the fact that I was able to transition from the player's perspective all the way to the coaching perspective, it was like full circle, man. It was like 
didn't even think it was possible, but it's, it worked out for me. It meshed well. And it taught me a lot about the fact that, you know, you got to have patience in this life, you know, patience is everything. And then once I learned that from a coaching perspective, that I was no longer the player. I mean, it helped me a lot with life as well. You know, that's huge. And that's awesome. You're able to transition your passion to actually coaching and, it's something that, like, you know, when you're playing the sport, you think, I never want to be a coach. I, I always want to be the guy in the field. But you find how much more you get out of coaching and helping. Because when you're coaching, you help someone, helping someone else reach success. Just like I do with my financial planning. I'm helping others reach financial success. Like, And that's the way we're structured as beings, as human beings. We can get more out of that, out of helping someone else succeed. It's, what's the, what's the, uh, one of the golden rules, you know, it's better to give than receive. Absolutely. It's gratuitous for both parties, man. It's awesome. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome, man. I'm glad you had a chance to do that. So, let, so let's talk about that. When you stopped playing ball, I don't know if you played any minor league ball or not, but when you stopped trying, playing ball and you said, you know what, I got to start having some money come in. What was finances like for you as an independent? You know, you're not with your dad. I'm sure you already had that entrepreneur mindset from the house you grew up in, but what was money like for you, man, when you got independent? Well, it was, it, it was tough because obviously, so, you know, I pursued my passion until I was 26. And when you're fully devoting all your time and energy into your sport, man, I mean, it's not a lot of time to be making money. So you got to make ends meet, you know? So, I mean, just to make, just to get by, you know, I was a part-time bar, but bartender in Sioux City, Iowa, when I was playing some indie ball out there. And also I was working on farms, just any type of job that I could get that I was part-time. I took it. I mean, from working at FedEx, working in warehouses there. I mean, you got to do what you got to do and be able to put food on the table for yourself and provide. I got to stop you right there, man, because you said something that's so important. You got to do what you got to do. You know, any job, any job that could take you and and allow you the time to keep pursuing your passion, you you were not too prideful to take it. And that's important. You know, we have so many people who come out of there, who come out of college and come out with these degrees and they're only willing to accept what they got their degree in. But sometimes you gotta you gotta start at the bottom. You gotta start in the mirror room. You gotta bust your butt to get to where you eventually want to be. And it sounded like that's what you were doing, man. So I, I'm glad you shared that. Definitely, definitely. So so pursuing your baseball career at this time, and and working these odd jobs when you could, making the money when you could. What was finances like for you? What was money like for you at that point? Oh, it was rough. I mean, definitely not going to lie about that. It was always rough, you know, just because of the fact that, you know, it was the transition into getting my college degree, you know, being a college baseball player too. I mean, it takes up the majority of your life. And at the same time, you got to worry about your school. You know, it was no longer, I'm getting eight hours of sleep. There's no shot. I don't think I got one night of sleep like that ever in my whole entire, all of going up to 26 years old. I think it was averaging just making ends meet on like four to five hours and living off of naps. If I found a break in my schedule that I could get a 30-minute nap in, it's like, all right, we're definitely getting this in and then straight back to the grind. Yeah, no, I hear you on that, man. I hear you on that. And we're going to pause here for a commercial break and we're going to jump back in this thing right now. Totally. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your host and wealth advisor with Holmes Financial, Peyton Boyer. You know, many times what I do for my client is help them secure the peace of mind of knowing they have enough. You know, as millennials, it's easy to feel like we don't have enough. Enough to secure the financial future we're hoping for and also enjoy our lives now. But that's why one thing I do with all of my clients is what I like to call a money purpose plan. And make sure that their current spending is aligned with what's most important to them. That way they're able to enjoy their life now while they track towards their financial goals. If you're interested in securing your money purpose plan, please reach out to me. You can contact me at my phone, 916-271-1974, or email me at Payton, that's P-A-Y-T-O-N at Holmes, H-O-L-M-E-S-F-I-N, F-I-N dot com. I look forward to hearing from you. Let's get back to the show. Hey guys, welcome back. And I'm here with Michael Thompson and we're in the middle of him sharing his story. So I got to ask you, this is a debatable subject. You know, it's kind of a um, controversial subject at the time, uh, in the time we're in now and for the past several years. 
So talk to me, you kind of alluded to it earlier, talking about what it's like for the college athlete and what that work-life balance is like. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty difficult because, you know, a lot of, especially when you're in college, a lot of people, a lot of companies, I should say, are just thinking that you're just going to school. You know, not, not many companies are looking for part-time employees in order to grow with their companies just because of the fact of the time commitment. Time commitment, it's everything because you got to show companies that you're loyal. You know, you got to show a lot of different types of businesses that you're dedicated to their companies and willing to put in the time and effort to grow with them, to learn the foundation, to learn their mission statement and to continue to grow with them. And when you're pursuing your dreams and your passion, you got to make a lot of sacrifices. And when you're making sacrifices, man, it's going to sometimes put you behind the eight ball, but at the same time, it also shows you how dedicated you can be, how motivation and driven based that you can be. If you're like that for yourself and you could transition that into the workforce, I mean, that's everything. Yeah, I like that a lot. So, so I like that. I like what you touched on there and we'll circle back to it. How hard was it to maintain your studying and eventually get your degree at the same time while you're playing ball? How hard was that? Because they expect you to, when you're playing ball in college, it's a full-time job. When oh yeah, 100%. School, when you're going to school, it's a full-time job. 100%. And when, and when you're trying to make some money, chances are you're going to need another full-time job. So what was that like, man? How was it? I mean, it was it was tough. I mean, I touched on it a little bit ago. I mean, it's working out a, working out a bar is not, you know, the most ideal job. I mean, it comes with the territories too. And it was just what I could do for the time off that I had. I mean, I had Sundays and I had Saturday nights. I had Friday nights when I wasn't traveling and it was quick, easy money, you know, getting cash for tips and living off of that. I mean, I understand the service industry too, man. I mean, it's everything for these people, you know, any, anybody that provides service for me on an eating aspect or, you know, haircut and all that, I always make sure that they get tipped well because I was on that receiving end before I know what it's like to be on that end and to count on that and to be able to live off that. But I mean, being able to separate your time management during that whole entire process is definitely a task that is difficult. And you're going to get a lot of adversity during that too, because it's priorities. What are your priorities throughout the whole entire goal? Because you need to make sure you're getting good grades. You need to make sure that you're meeting you know, your quotas for your sports in the sense that you got to be productive. You know, if you're not productive, then chances are you're on the sidelines, you're on the bench, you're not playing. And any true competitor never wants to be in that situation. They want the light to always be on them and they want to be able to showcase their, all of their abilities. And it's the same thing in the school, in the classroom. I mean, in the classroom, you just don't want to be bare minimum. You don't want to be average. You always want to just be shooting for the skies in every single department. Because that's how you're going to be successful at the end of the day. If you don't have that drive, if you don't have that ambition, then, I mean, it's going to be tough for you. And these skills could definitely be learned, too, throughout your whole entire process with it. And that's what I try to implement when I was a coach that, guys, you might as not have it right now, but work on it. Work on it on a day-in and day-out basis and make time for it. Because it's all worth it if you do. I like that. So it sounds to me, it's like you said, it's tough being a student and an athlete. It's tough being a student or an athlete and working a full-time job. But when you prioritize your goals and you understand you have your eye on the prize and you understand what you need to do to make it happen, you can make it happen. It is doable. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm glad you shared that because that's a big topic. I don't, I don't want to weigh in on too much, but I'm glad taking hearing your opinion as an actual previous student athlete. So let's, let's go from one passion to another passion. You know, when I first saw you, I could tell you that you were driven and that hearing more about your story. It sounds like that's kind of the way you attack everything. But I knew you, you were working at Cream's Grand Opening. You weren't just there hanging out like everyone else was. And, totally. I, and, and you can tell when someone's working with a passion. I could tell that you're an area you you were working the area that you were passionate about. So talk to me about how you ended up with Stiz with uh, Stizzy, and what Stizzy and who Stizzy is and how you ended up there. Let's talk about that. 
Absolutely. Well, uh, the biggest thing that we do here is, is, is we innovate, we influence, and we inspire. And once I heard that right off the beginning, and I, I fell in love because that's something that I've already been doing with my whole entire life. I want to make sure that I'm doing all of that, not only with my, myself, but the environment that I'm in. And I've always been hunting, I would say, for something like that after baseball got dwindled for me. And I also had another side job on top of my coaching aspect. I was on a sales and marketing team, and that all ended over a year ago now because of COVID. And it was an easy segue for me because I've always been into the culture of what we do as a company. And once I got the opportunity to be a part of it, I didn't hesitate. I didn't care where I was going to start. I didn't care what I was going to be doing. If it was all brand new, uh, it didn't matter. I mean, I've been able to adapt no matter where I'm at different state, different part of the whole entire country. I've always been able to adapt. And now that I'm fully embedded into this actual company, I could see that you got to adapt. Everything's changing. And once I learned that it was, it was, it's been such a blessing. And it's also been such a challenge for me to grow with it because we have just grown so fast in the past year. And I just love the word adapt because you got to be able to do that in the workforce. Cause if you can do that in the workforce, then it's, you, you, you should be able to handle anything that comes your way in life. So, you know, go ahead. I love I love what you shared there. Uh, it was adaptability. You know, that's huge, especially being an entrepreneur, being a young person, being a go-getter, you've got to be able to adapt. And, and I've got to go back to your childhood. I'm assuming this is when, these, this, this is where you probably learn to adapt because when you're living in a household of entrepreneur, you got to adapt to having little to having a lot to sometimes maybe having a little again. And you've got to be able to roll with the punches and be able to adapt. And that's huge as a business owner too. And being able to maintain and manage the peaks and valleys of business ownership. And the word adaptation makes so much sense in the industry that you're in because you're in an industry that's ever changing. Literally the laws around the industry is always changing. So yeah. that, that's huge, man. Adaptability, that's huge. So, so let's, let's talk about that. There. Let's talk about the space you're in. Because since you're in the, the cannabis space or the hemp space, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's, 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 take off, it's taken off like crazy lately since the time you, you've been in the industry for what, about a year now? Yes, sir. So from the time you entered a, a year ago, just until now, how has it changed? How have you seen the industry change? It's um, it's a challenge on the day in and day out because of how fast we are growing. And anytime you're in the manager's role, man, you're going to be dealing with a plethora of different types of personalities. And I love that just because of the fact that I, I used to catch when I was playing baseball, I was a catcher. And it was another blessing in that sport because I've always had to learn how to handle different personalities throughout life because I'm, I'm handling so many different types of pitchers and that comes with a whole bunch of different types of personalities as well. And when you're managing, you got to be able to find your happy mediums, do your yangs and pick your battles where you can. And at the same time, you always got to be constructive criticism at all times and understand that something might be running good for a couple of months and then something gets hit with us and we got to adapt and we got to change pace and pivot. And the biggest thing with this is just, we, we have, we're just growing so fast. You know, we, when I first started here, we only had five retail locations, you know, and now we're over the double of that within a year, you know? So it's just, it's just continuously understanding that we're just, the ceiling is just so high and the change of pace is always going to be crazy and you got to be able to manifest and to be able to keep a strong, calm, cool, collective mindset during the whole process too, because I mean, you said it a little bit earlier, you know, rolling with the punches. I mean, sometimes everything's not going to go on a perfect balance, you know, and you got to be able to just roll with it, adapt with it, change, you know, 
even if it's just so something so minor that could be so major for a different department or even so major for a company as a whole. So that's been like the, the biggest thing with us is that we're going to continue to grow at a fast pace and we got to be able to pivot on the go. I like that, man. You got to be able to pivot, especially from, as you're speaking to a former boxer. So I yep. know the importance of pivoting, man. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But let's, let's, um, what does your job entail uh, uh, today? I know, like you said, it's always changing. You're always adapting. But today, Stizzy, what does your job entail? Well, for let's just say like just a regular basis for me is that I'm always working with, you know, third party vendors. I'm working with our marketing team. I'm working with, you know, our whole entire distro, which is where I'm located right now. It's our central. And today I had a meeting with one of our vendors just to set up designs within our stores. We have, you know, marketing aspects within our stores that could help promote other companies that we do business with and we have good business relationships with to help not only us, but to help them as well, you know, and that's kind of something that we could agree on as you being a financial advisor, you know, it's cohesive for both parties. You know, I'm working with you, you're working with me. We're both benefiting. We're both climbing. We're both driving, you know, we're, we're hitting goals together. And I think that's something that's definitely important on the day in and day out that we do. And after that meeting today, it helps them get clarification on how we do some of our marketing, some of our promotion, and we're able to grow together in that aspect. After that, having my meeting with you, and then I'm also making sure I have all my stores are being supplied right now. So I'm actually on my spreadsheets right now, making sure all the orders are going to be fulfilled after today. So all my stores will be taken care of. And then after that, I got a couple of more meetings to wrap up the the Friday and get going on my weekend, man. Hey I'm man, to be back home. <laughs> hey man, you work you work hard and you play hard. You deserve, it. you know those. Hey, those weekends or those days off, whatever your weekend is, it's important when, especially when a role like yours, where it sounded like I was. I mean, like today, this year, you just told me what today, today, the day we're recording this. What you have, you got a year's work on your plate in one day, which is huge, man. So. That's a lot, man. And and to balance that, it's, it's got to be. I'm not I'm not envious of you, but I I know you can tackle it. <laughs> I, I know you can tackle it because the way you brought up the way you the way you attack everything, it sounds like. So that's awesome, man. Definitely, so thank you. I appreciate you, Peyton. <laughs> you're in the industry that's taken off, man. And you mentioned like from five stores to over ten stores in a year is huge. Mm-hmm. And that's since you came on. You got to give yourself some kind of credit for that because you must have, you must, yeah, you're an agent of change, man. I can hear, I can tell by the way we're talking, totally, just by talking to you today. So, so when you're in a industry that that's already it's thriving, and we know it's going to be huge eventually, and you know, income increases long as your income is going to increase right along with the industry, and I'm sure it's increased from the time you came on, from the time you're coaching baseball time you started as Stizzy to the time you're as Stizzy now to your new role now or, or as Stizzy has grown, I'm sure your income's increased right, right alongside with that. So a lot of times with, when income increases, it's very, I see it quite often with my clients that I see all of a sudden their expenses, their expenses increase as well. So what, what else, what's something that you've done to make sure that your spending continues to be to be modern and be aligned with your values well i say I, I stay consistent with that Peyton, because you know ever since i stopped playing sports you know i mean obviously it was an eye-opener for me for my health reasons so it made me break down all the way to the fact that i need to start working on myself a little bit more i need to start taking better care of myself i need to make sure my well-being is more taken care of and get my relationship back with god and that was something that i definitely worked on when I was 26 all the way up to present day. And ever since I've done that, man, it's been able to keep me grounded. You know, I don't try to get too overboard. I mean, yes, there's times that you got to live life and let your hair down. I definitely think that's an aspect for everyone that they need to do. But for me, it was just getting back to a healthy lifestyle, making sure I'm eating good, making sure I'm still training, making sure that I'm staying grounded. I never want to get to a point where I feel like I'm getting too big, especially up here i never want to be too big-headed even though i do tend to have somewhat of an ego because of 
how I've been raised, you know, being an athlete, being into competitive, it's, it's kind of tough sometimes, you know, to drop that because you want to always have your guard up. You always want to be the top dog, but at the same time, man, it's just a blessing that we get life, you know? And I see that every single day in my journey is that if I wake up, man, I'm already winning. Like that's enough for me. I get to enjoy life in the sense that I don't even go to work. I'm just living, you know, I'm handling business on a day in and day out. And I just love this journey. So that's the biggest thing, man. It's just staying humble in the whole process. You have to, it's a blessing that I even have a job. There's a lot of people that aren't having to work right now in their life. And I don't take it for granted. I'm always making sure that every morning when I pray is that, you know, don't, don't waste this, you know, stay grounded, make sure you stay driven and just stay, stay humble throughout the whole entire thing, man. And beautiful, beautiful things happen once you start doing that. I like that a lot, man. And it resonates with me so much and what I do with my clients, you know, because uh, like I said, when my clients start making more money, a lot of times they start spending more money. And sometimes you got to reel them back in. I call it a money purpose plan. Other people might call it a budget. But all it, all it is is aligning your spending with your values. And when you realize the things that matter most, in most cases, they don't cost that much money. Like for you, it's God. And for me, it's God as well. Being able to and just align my spending with thing with principles like that. It, it, it makes it very easy to enjoy your life. I'm always, I always talk about financial planning in a nutshell to me, what it means to me. It's, been, it's planning to enjoy your life now while tracking towards your future goals. Simple as that. You don't have to have the, the world. You don't have to show off for anybody else. You have to do what matters to you. And when you have your values set in place and you're able to stay humble, like you, you mentioned staying humble was another big thing. Like when you, when you realize, okay, I made it here. I'm here, but I don't necessarily need to live like I'm here. I'm okay being me. It makes it a lot easier to not get out of hand with your spending. Because 100%. If, if you don't do it, I always say, if you don't purpose your money, it's going to purpose itself. And when you have your values in front of you and you know what they are and you've stated them to yourself and to others who are important to you, it's mm-hmm. easy to stay within your values and to keep your spending aligned. 100%. 100%. So let's talk about you as a person, man. Are you married right now? Are you single? Any children? I am single, my friend. Oh, single, no single, kids. Single, no kids. So you, so you, because uh, the reason I asked that is because I know your job entails a lot of travel. You travel up and down the coast all the time, correct? Yes, sir. So, so what's that been like for you? I mean, it's it's been fun, dude. I mean, <laughs> it's it's been a lot of workload, dude. Which is, you know, something that I've always I always invite adversity to my doorstep. I feel like I could always handle it, even if it gets a little chaotic. And sometimes, you know, I need to you know, decompress. I still feel like I could do that. I could still find balance in it, but, um, it's been, it's been wild this past couple of months though, opening up new stores, you know, in Moreno Valley and then also up in San Francisco. I mean, that's a big, big area to cover. And just to learn the whole entire growth process and that too, this being able to take on as much workload as possible and still be able to achieve our goals as a company. I mean, it's, it's awesome, man. And uh, I'm telling you this much, I'm, I'm glad I don't have a girlfriend or kids right now because it would definitely be hindering that whole entire relationship aspect without much of it working. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask about next, like, because you work a lot, you do, as a single man, that sounds like an awesome life. I got to driving up and down the coast, staying in hotels, opening up stores, seeing new cities, Seeing, we probably eventually start seeing more states. Who knows what, the way you guys are growing, and mm. it, it's got to be a lot of fun now as a single man. But at some point, when you do plan on getting married and having kids, do you see your role as Stizzy transitioning? Well, yeah, the ceiling is endless. I mean, it's exponential with how fast that we could be getting just bigger and bigger. So, I mean. We time will only tell. I mean, with this with this role that I'm doing, I mean, with all these shops growing up, I mean, it's obviously a team will be built at some point, and then, you know, we all grow together. But until then, man, it's just I just approach every day, you know, day by day with this industry, and we'll see what happens, man. Okay, so so you know, you and I we talked about pivoting a little earlier, and everybody's had to pivot because of COVID-19 
odd pivoting. Mm. You know, I've, I've gotten virtual. I'm, I'm hardly in the office. I'm wearing a suit top. But I don't even have pants on right now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but you know, I, I, I've, I've had to pivot. I'm sure you've had to pivot. So how has the industry pivoted and con- continued to thrive given the restrictions that COVID-19 has put in place? Well, I mean, it's, it starts with, you know, leadership, obviously the leadership is great here. And, uh, the people that I've been able to meet ever since I got this position. I mean, it's just been easy to follow suit with everything that they provide. And uh, communication aspect is everything in any business too. So with that being up to par, I mean, it's, it's easy, man. It's so easy. And that's huge, you know, communication. And the, the word that comes to mind as you're talking about Stizzy and, and the leadership there is culture. When you work at a place where there's a real culture that that resonates with you, a real culture that resonates with you that, that you can relate and get behind, and you feel like you're not on your own, you feel like, hey, we're, we're a team here, we're gelling, especially being a former baseball player who was on a team, we know the importance of, of that gel. Like, totally. you know, you've got to have the right pieces to complement your success. And that's where culture comes in. You got to build that. Yeah, so you got to be able to have that culture. And it sounds like Stizzy has that culture that resonates with you. You mentioned another thing before that I, I feel the same way. I never go to work. I just wake up and I help people. I love what I do. I don't feel like I'm working. I can see it in your face. I see you agreeing with me now. Like it's just awesome to find a place like that. Talk, talk to me about how that's been, man, to, to not working every day, but just living your life. I mean, it's a blessing, man. It, it truly is. I mean, to be able to just to wake up every day and just to live, man, is, is something special. And it's easy when you're working with the team members that I have because it's just enjoyable just to, you know, come come to work, have a, you know, obviously conversations and be able to grind together too. And it's understanding that we're all on the same page and that we're all working towards a common goal too, man. I mean, it's, it's easy. Yeah, so that's awesome, man. That coach is awesome, brother. And, and I got, I got to, um, so I got to ask you, man, we're coming close to the end of the podcast. Now I got two more questions. So I got to ask this question before I ask the final one. Clients come to my office all the time and they always say, Hey man, should, should I invest in, um, should I invest in some marijuana stocks? Should I invest in some cannabis stocks? And I, I always answer the same way. I say, listen, man, to be honest with you, it's not federally legally, legally, legal yet. So until the Fed approves, I'm not going to advise you on it because I'd hate for the Fed to pull that rug from underneath you and you not be able to 100%. do anything. 100%. So, so you're in the industry. You're you're on the ground floor a lot closer than I am. So what is the Fed saying? And do you know, do you have any idea if, if it's going to be federally approved at some point soon or are there any talks within the industry? Yeah, I mean, only time will tell with it. That's what it really comes down to. I mean, with everything that's going on right now, with everything that's going on right now, I mean, it's it's looking like it's going to be on a na- national level that it gets legalized. And that's what we're all shooting for. And I think what you're giving the information out when you're telling them to, you know, stand by, it's the proper information to be telling people. Because you don't have a crystal ball on it. I don't. If we did, then we would know, ultimately. But it's, it's standing in the way that it's going to be legal on a national basis. I mean, with a lot of the states that just passed their bills with making it, you know, recreational, that's, it's all steps in the right direction. And if you're, if I would be giving people advice on that, I would say, you know, pay closer attention to these states that are finally becoming medicinal and recreational as well, because those are all steps in the right direction. And if you're seeing an actual pattern that more and more states are being more and more open to this, then, I mean, the end of the day, it's building more jobs. It's building more opportunities. It's building more careers by opening this up. And the sooner, the sooner we all see that as a whole, I think that's when all these other states are going to start being a little bit more lenient and more open to it. Yeah. You said it, man, it's, it's building more jobs. Building more careers and more jobs, more careers means more taxpaying dollars. More taxpaying dollars means the Fed likes it. So I, I've got to say I'm a little optimistic as well. 
So I got to say, Michael, you've been an awesome guest, man. I'm really glad I had a chance to meet you. I'm glad I had a chance to have you on the show. And I'm glad that you were willing to come out here and share with the audience, man. I appreciate it a lot. Well, I appreciate you, Peyton. Thank you for having me, my friend. So before we close out, I got to ask you, just like I asked all my guests, what do the words financial success mean to you? And I understand that the words financial success can always change. What financial success meant to you when you're playing ball is different what financial success meant to you when you were struggling growing up in your household. And I'm sure it's different to, different to you than what financial success means to you today. But I don't want to think of it from a dollar amount, like a million dollars or $2 million. I want to think of it, about, think of it from a lifestyle perspective. So in your eyes, Michael Thomas, today, 2021, uh, Michael Thompson, 2021, what does financial success look like to you, the lifestyle? Well, for me, it's you hit it dead on. It's a lifestyle. And it's being able to just provide life for myself roof over my head, food on the plate. That's if I can do that and then just find time for a little bit of leisure time to be able to spend on the things that I enjoy, I'm making it. That's, that's the ultimate item for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm someone that's a very, very minimalist, but at the same time enjoys, you know, the pleasures that life has to offer. But if I just have a well-being, if I have all that living covered by my own wealth, then I'm making it. Hey, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Being able to provide the lifestyle you desire. And that doesn't have to be extraordinary lifestyle, but to be happy. And for your income to be able to provide that, then, you, then you're a success. And what that looks like for you is different what it looks like for me is different what it looks like from Joe down the street. But the All thing right. is, in your eyes, what financial success is being able to live the lifestyle you desire and be happy in your income provider. If your income provides that lifestyle, then you're financially successful. I love that answer, Michael. I got to say, man, you've been a great guest. I'm so glad you came on. Um, Definitely. Listeners, you got to check out their IG. I'll leave a link to the IG in the show notes. Uh, do you have your own personal IG as well, Michael? Yeah. I'll leave. Are you okay with me leaving your link in the show notes as well? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Okay, I'll leave his link in the show notes as well, guys. I hope you enjoyed the show. Have a blessed week. Definitely. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Peyton. You have a good one, man. God bless. God bless. Congratulations, guys. You've officially made it to the disclosure portion of the show. I'm an investment advisor representative of securities offered through Bertha Fisher & Company, Financial Services, Inc., BFCFS member FINRA-SIPC. Holmes Financial is independent of BFCFS. Thanks, and have a blessed week.